0: Welcome back in afternoon news service not the afternoon news service. Welcome back in Brady Farkas show right here on WDEV AM and FM and wdevradio.com. Milk Bowl weekend in the books. Racing weekend at Thunder Road. In the books. Racing season at Thunder Road in the books. Victory yesterday for Chris Pelkey. It's a good year to be Chris Pelkey. King of the Road and Thunder uh, and Milk Bowl champion and Fifteen thousand five hundred dollars richer, I believe, yesterday as well. So, joining us now, Nick mumley Inside Groove podcast host, also the WDEV racing analyst, was on the call yesterday as well. Nick, how are you? Not bad, Brady. How are we today? I'm, I'm well, as not as good as Chris as uh, Chris Pelkey though, that's for sure.
1: uh yeah. It seems I like a good have... year to be Chris Pelkey. I don't think any of us are doing quite as well as Chris Pelkey today. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, brought home a pretty good payday this weekend and capped off one of the most memorable seasons in Thunder Road history and, in, in, in quite some time.
0: So uh just a great year for them. How often have we seen this where a guy wins King of the road and wins the milk ball? Like, did think we see, just see it last year with Corliss, but beyond that, is this a rare thing or is this uh very more common than I think
1: it's, it's uh, actually super rare. I was surprised when I found the stat a few years ago, but I believe only Chris Michaud and Jason Corliss have ever done it. Um, and so for Pelkey to join that list is is pretty impressive. But um, I remember when Corliss did it in, what, 2020? Um, it, it was a very big deal because it was just something we'd never seen before. Now, two times in three years we've seen <laughs> it. So maybe we're trending towards uh, seeing it a little bit more often. But Chris Pelkey, I mean, this is definitely a huge accomplishment for, for him. And all the years of Thunder Road, it's been very rare for... Um, for this to happen. So huge accomplishment.
0: What was the story of yesterday from your vantage point?
1: The story was how many cars were in the race at the end. Um, Usually in the milk bowl, when you go into the final segment and you're tallying up your scorecard and seeing, you know, who might have an opportunity, who might have a shot. There is usually only two, maybe three or four cars that have a real shot to win the race. Yesterday I'm writing down my scorecard and I look over at Greg Titus who I was doing the broadcast with and I'm like, Greg, there's more and more guys that keep showing up. There's 15 cars within 11 points of each other, which is 11 positions on the racetrack. So, um, the most people I've ever seen going to a, into a final segment of a milk bowl with a legitimate chance to win. And at the very end of this race, it, it came down to a three man battle, um, between Pelkey, Derek O'Donnell and, and Jimmy Hebert. And it was a lot of fun to watch. So the, the, just the amount of drivers that were there at the end was really surprising to me.
0: We see O'Donnell at Thunder Road a decent amount, but he's not one of the weekly Thursday night drivers, right? Nope. Uh, Derek was in, uh, I
1: think, 2013, 2014, 2015. Came in as a rookie, won the championship, did it again his second year, did it again his third year, and then moved down to North Carolina to take a job uh, as a fabricator with a NASCAR team, Richard Childress Racing. That ultimately didn't work out. He came back a few years later, started racing about three years ago, and uh, he runs a part time schedule, you know, runs the big races, a schedule similar to what Jason Corliss does now. Um, and he's a competitor just about every single time. Uh, he, he's got a lot of history at Thunder Road, but a very, a very complicated path to
0: get where <laughs> he is. Talk to me about Corliss a bit. Again, we saw him a bunch this year, but again, not a weekly Thursday night schedule for him. What exactly is is he doing these days? And uh, take me through kind of his year.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a good year for Jason Corliss. I mean, they won t- they won some races, won the Governor's Cup again, uh, finished third, I think, in the Midsummer Two Fifty at White Mountain. Is their first year running the um, running the kind of outlaw schedule that we see? Really, the top names in act late model racing do none of them are really full-time on the tour or at thunder road anymore it's all kind of pick and choose the big races and and go from there um they did well but they weren't uh, you could tell that not being at thunder road every week definitely affected their thunder road program um and it it showed up on uh this weekend for the milk bowl Uh, they struggled in time trials. They didn't qualify for the race through the, uh, through the three 50 lap qualifying racers, uh, races on Saturday, they had to come in through the last chance qualifier on Sunday, which is unheard of for that team. Uh, I think he told me it was their first time ever having Mm -hmm. to run a B feature in their lives. Um, and, uh, they, they did make the race. They were second, uh, after the second segment, they did win the second segment, but I think he finished 11th overall. It was just kind of an off day for Corliss. To, and I think them not being at Thunder Road every week of the year this year might have thrown a wrench into their season when it came down to the Milk
0: Bowl. Overall, your impressions of the Thunder Road season this entire year. We saw a pretty good year across all divisions.
1: Yeah, it was great. I mean, all divisions were were really good. We had five drivers go into the late model championship race with an opportunity to win the championship. Um we saw a lot of different storylines, some, uh, some great finishes, some great racing, uh, winners that we weren't expecting winners that we were waiting for people that we were waiting to win races that just hadn't been winning races. They started winning races. Um, the tiger championship battle was great street stock championship battle wasn't very good. Uh, Dean Switzer kind of ran away with it, but the story with the streets this year was that they had just about 30 cars every single week. They put on great clean racing. I remember, at one point this year, they ran a 20, their 25-lap feature in like eight minutes with 30 cars on the track. Um, crazy, impressive stuff.
0: Uh, all three divisions this year were, were really strong for different reasons. And you chronicled all of it on the Inside Groove podcast, but also you uh, debuted the new prod, uh, new podcast, the Behind the Visor series. And uh, your your co-host there, Taylor Hoare, won a race, what the, the last race of the year, I yep. believe, as well. So uh, how did that work out for you?
1: It was great. I mean, uh, you know, getting to know all those guys and girls, obviously, uh, that were on the show with me was a lot of fun and kind of getting their stories out and what it was, what's what it was like behind the scenes, you know, in the pits for them throughout the season. And it was really cool, especially for Taylor to chronicle the struggles of her season where she was coming so close to getting wins uh, and finishing well, and then having some bad luck. And then finally at the end of the year, it all comes, uh, comes to a close with a win for her. So it was cool to see uh, like in Chronicle, like, you know, the way her season went leading up to that win as well. And uh, Marcel Gravel, one of the other drivers we have on there, he had a career season. He won uh, an eight, his first career ACT race. Uh, he won a bunch of races at Thunder Road and really established himself as uh, one of the top drivers in the late model division at Thunder Road. And, you know, getting to see those stories develop as the season went on and having the podcast to, you know, talk about how they were experiencing those things, while also talking about, you know, what we thought of current events at Thunder Road from a driver's perspective. Uh, it it was a lot better than I even expected.
0: What's the offseason plan?
1: Well, I'm kind of working on that today. (laughs) Um, You know, it it kind of changes a little bit every off season. We usually run uh, an iRacing league um, that starts in about early early December and goes right through about the Super Bowl in early February. And then, uh, you know, give people a little bit of time to relax after racing season and then give people a little bit of time to really get geared up for racing season. So we'll probably run that again this year um, and uh, work on some other projects and and see what we can do to, you know, keep uh, keep people thinking about racing here throughout the throughout the cold
0: winter. Nick Mumley, Inside Groove podcast host, WDEV racing analyst. Nick, we appreciate your work all year and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Brady. You too.